Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So many sports are in full swing right now, so there's no better time to get into sports betting than this very second. Go to Bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here with you as we get ready for game six between the Clippers and the Jazz. And Alex, so much for us to talk about. We, you know, we last talked really previewing this series. So there's there's a lot to get into from the, you know, the 0-2 start, the three wins in a row, obviously the huge game five win, Kawhi's injury you know, Serge Ibaka's injury. There's so much to talk about, so a lot of great stuff to to dive into here on this week's episode. Yeah, definitely. It's unfortunate these guys that that we depend on so much, the Clippers depend on so much, especially, um, you know, devastating injuries like that, man. You don't want to wish that on nobody, but for the most part, man, these guys have been stepping up, playing hard, and carrying slack more than anything, so it's great. Great basketball was looking at. Yeah, and, and obviously we'll start, you know, like game five, there's so much to talk about there on its own. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute. But I think, you know, the place we should start is Kawhi Leonard, of course, who is having a Kawhi Leonard-like postseason, just has been dominant throughout. He, of course, suffered that knee injury late in game four. Uh, you know, right now the severity still kind of unknown. We know it's a knee sprain, as they're saying now, if it's, you know, the severity of it still kind of up in the air. Um but but what it you know for Kawhi Leonard who of course you know it's it's evident how important he is but you know that injury what it means what it means to the team what were your thoughts when when that came down the other day? Man, I remember one interview they had with him, and you know I think one reporter actually mentioned that you know how do you feel about being a conference champion? And he was like, man, I can care less about that. You know, I want to win a championship, and that's what I'm here for. And uh, just that statement alone, you know, solidifies who he is as a, as a champion and him bringing his team along to going through so much, you know, adversity all the way up until this point to see a man of his caliber that the team depends on so much, man, just go out like that. It's, it's definitely devastating for sure. It definitely is. Yeah. I mean, obviously for the Clippers, they hope that, you know, he's going to be out for game six, Obviously, they hope Game Six is where this series ends. You know, the next series, if they were able to win Game Six, is you know starts on Sunday. So quick turnaround, regardless. So you know the length of time he'll be out, still unknown. You would you would think it would be at least a couple weeks. So maybe that could put him back in the mix sometime in the conference finals if they get there. But as I said, that's kind of up in the air right now. But going forward, of course, the Clippers still have a chance to win this series and gave themselves a great chance with what they did in game five. And, 
you know, let, let's go to game five with, you know, we said we talked about the series. Clippers went down 0-2. They came back home, made some rotational adjustments. We saw Terrence Mann, who we've talked at length about, not play early in the series. He's been huge since. You know, Reggie Jackson, of course, has been incredible. And Paul George really picking up the load, of course, with three straight 30-point games. And in game five, monstrous. 37 points, 16 rebounds, five assists leading the way shorthanded in a hostile environment uh just you know game five on its own what did you see there from the shorthanded clippers team that allowed them to to get over the hump and win in that tough environment man i i got one word and this is hard dedication i said one word two words hard dedication <laughs> more than anything you know um this is crazy how how they've been playing uh, especially up against a contender like like the utah jazz man they are they are phenomenal players. Um, they 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 score with with crazy you know uh, range. It's, it's ridiculous. You know they're going up against these guys like this, and they're actually competing at this level, which is what we expected that the Clippers to do. You know, and um, you you nailed it on the head as far as T Man uh, being ready for this situation like this, and he's always been ready. He just needed that time uh, to show it. And uh, this is the perfect time. And a lot of guys have been contributing tremendously. Pat Beverly has been off the charts. You know what I mean? He's 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 been mentored by Mr. Big Shot alone. You know, <laughs> so kind of rubbing off on him, hitting these unbelievable buzzer beaters, and and him just actually just not actually twitching at all. He's just gunfire hole uh, with a clip. And he's knocking down shots, high high caliber shots. Um, it's crazy, you know, and Batum is going hard, you know, um, doing everything he can, you know, playing 42 minutes a game, um, pretty much the most minutes on the team, which is phenomenal, you know. And uh, you just see playoff P. I remember he said it um, in an interview. He has to go back to his Indiana days right now, you know, when it's just him and only him, you know. He has to put the team on his shoulders, and that's what he's definitely doing right now, and he's doing a phenomenal job at that. Yeah, it's really a great combination of, like you said, Paul George being the leader, taking that upon him, like you just mentioned, and those other guys really stepping up and excelling in their roles where, you know, you got Marcus Morris putting up 25 points on 10 of 16 shooting. You mentioned Nick Batum and what he's done. Patrick Beverly's defense on Donovan Mitchell. Of course, Terrence Mann, his big plays down the stretch. And, and Reggie Jackson, who, you know, I got to give you so much credit. We talked way back before the playoffs started when we were talking about playoff rotations and you know who's the point guard and, and you were early on that train and say hey Reggie is, is balling right now he deserves that chance and pretty much game after game after game not only made shots but big clutch fourth quarter scoring when the Clippers need it Reggie Jackson just has no fear and he's been absolutely incredible for the Clippers yeah. in this series and in the playoffs as a whole yeah for sure for sure. Reggie's cooking right now, man. I think I said Pat Beverly. I meant to say Reggie Jackson, but it is yeah. Reggie Jackson that's cooking right now. Yeah. And that's what I definitely meant. Uh, he's on a high, he's on a definite, another pedestal right now. What he's doing, man, for this team is crazy for sure. And it was happening in game four as well as game five. It's carrying over. Um, even what you said as far as Morrison, when they needed him to step up. We've been waiting for Morris to step up. You know what I mean? Uh, we know he can play at this level like this. Uh, consistency, you know, 10, 10 for 16 is crazy. You know what I mean? That he can do this night in and night out, and we expect that of him. We 
we actually, you know, see the, the, the likes of him actually doing that and playing defense at the highest level that he possibly can too as well. And he's showing it. So it's crazy to actually see this happening right now that at the right time more than anything. Yeah, and clearly regular season is different than the playoffs and of course with the with the intensity and obviously the, the return of crowds and environments and atmosphere and everything like that. So it's different. But, you know, some of the signs were there from this team where we talked about all the injuries they dealt with this year, all of those great wins were, you know, the comeback versus Atlanta and Detroit when they had like seven guys out. We've been seeing these guys like Morris and Batum and Jackson really do this all season long. So in that regard, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, but obviously with the stakes and the environment, uh, you know, you never know if it's going to happen or not. But but clearly these guys have, in a weird way, been prepared for this type of injury from what they went through during the regular season when pretty much 1 through 12, 1 through 15 on the roster, everyone's had their moments and has clearly stayed ready and, and been ready for when their number is called. For sure, true. They have been ready for sure. And um, it's, it's the coaching staff and, and, and the coaches and the, and the trainers um, that are actually preparing these guys for anything and everything, you know. Um, and I think more than anything, it's built off trust, you know, and, and relying on each individual to step up and crucial times in the game um, and to stand together and that's a huge play you know as, as far as I can see each one of them actually being confident trusting each other and talking to each other you know it's not you know getting down or somebody hitting a big shot or something like that or you know your teammates actually picking them up you know in huddles and timeouts and stuff so it's amazing to see these guys actually performing right now like this it's a pretty awesome it is awesome, and, and it's funny from a strate- strategic standpoint where we know Golden State throughout the past decade, had, had, and Curry in particular, but they changed the way basketball was played with small ball lineups that were adaptable and could survive defensively and on the boards. And, you know, on that same note, Utah, of course, with a big center who can, you know, dunk the ball in the paint, of course, an amazing defensive player in Rudy Gobert. But we're seeing the Clippers really... I don't want to say neutralize, but make it really tough on Gobert by playing super small. You know, a couple minutes here and there for Zubats, but as you said, Batum getting 40-plus minutes. He's pretty much the center right now, Marcus Morris. They're playing five out and really forcing Gobert on the perimeter and getting him on switches on smaller, quicker guys and, and making it really tough on the defensive player of the year. What have you seen in that aspect from, from them kind of trying to take the jazz out of what they do well by going super small? Yeah, I mean, it, it went all the way back to the Dallas, you know, situation when they had their their lumps of trying to figure that out, and they went with small ball, and they capitalized on that and bringing the bigs out and having them actually be able to defend on the other end of the court. Let alone as well, you're getting extra attempts as far as on the rebounding glass um, and putbacks and stuff like that. There's no block shot, you know, presence in the in the key that's waiting for you where you got to alter and maneuver your shots. So it's pretty amazing to see how this small ball is actually really helping um, the Clippers. And um, they're attacking at a high level right now. You know, T-Man went down at a crucial point of the game and banged on the big, you know what I mean, compared <laughs> for an one. And that's something that you definitely want to see from the small forward, um, attacking the rim and going strong and bringing the big out, like you said, for sure, and having to move his feet. Yeah, man, I might I might need to sp- send a a note to my neighbors. Ever that T man dunk? 
I was I was losing it. That was an incredible play. <laughs> and I was uh I was just going off the let's go cuz that was I, I don't yeah, that was uh that was impressive with, you know, that is Gobert's specialty protecting the rim and the paint and that fearlessness from Terrence Mann in a big moment of the game was just uh incredible and impressive to see. Yeah, it definitely was, for sure. It definitely was. And Batum has has many uh situations like that as well too catching guys off guard and really attacking the rim with this length and getting to the hole pretty much off of one dribble you know and uh, putting a lot of pressure on the, the paint um, which is a which is easy for a lot of guys to get their shots off like Paul George because at the end of the day we are a jump shooting team and it shows you know what I mean we're getting a lot of shots up in uh, mid-range and three-pointer range from Reggie as well too um, and they're going in so you got to step up. You got to be able to defend, and we can always put it on the ground, on the floor, and attack as well too. And Reggie, you know, that's his forte as well, getting to the to the cup. Yeah, and and, and for the Jazz on their side of things, offensively, we know that Donovan Mitchell, of course, he's clearly struggling with that ankle issue. You know, he's still been very impressive, but he yeah. seems like the primary source of of dribble penetration and getting the jazz inside the lane, which creates for their shooters. Now they've still shot, as we talked about before the podcast, crazy numbers, especially in the first half in game five, when they hit 17 first half threes. Um, but I don't know how you see it. I, it feels like outside of Mitchell's creation, even with the great shot making of the jazz, a lot of their shots are tough, contested, well-defended threes. Now some of them are going in, they're making them. They're a great shooting team. But it feels like the Clippers, with their switchability and versatility defensively, have, I don't know if I want to say figured it out against the Jazz, but they're definitely making it tough on them. How do you, how do you see it? No, for sure. Exactly what you said. They're, they're hitting tough shots. And with tough shots, that comes with great defense. We're in the NBA. You know what I mean? These guys are, are known to making tough shots, for sure. But you got you to gotta be amazed how they're actually making these shots. I mean, I was looking at the first half like, this is crazy. <laughs> 17 threes. And it's got to be a franchise record for sure. Some Something like that. Like, it's phenomenal. Man. Yeah, I think that's an NBA and, record for a half. And for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and Bogan, how many? He's six for six or something ridiculous. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, he started six for six, and then he ended up making, he went nine of 17, so he cooled off. But, yeah, he still started off red hot. Yeah, for sure. And but but the end of the thing is what I'm saying is that they're all shooting with a hand in their face. You can't do nothing else with that, you know. You got you got guys like Clarkson that really has a great light. We talked about this before the podcast <laughs> even started. He has the the neon light, like you said. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's he's shooting with straight confidence. Like there's not a thought process in his mind. If he sees the rim, it's going up for sure. And he's the number one candidate as far as off the bench and the presence that they have. But for the most part, man, you just got to live with it. These guys have been doing this for a long time, and they've been playing together like this. And that's why they're the number one seed as far as in the West Coast. Yeah, and and for game six, which of course is where this is going, and, and huge opportunity for the Clippers tonight and at home, of course. First time since L.A. has officially reopened that it'll be you know, a full capacity packed house for the Clippers. Let's uh, go. You know, a huge opportunity there for as we as we all know, the another chance to try to get to the conference finals for the first time ever. On on the side of 
Utah. You know, Mitchell is a game-time decision with his ankle. You'd expect that he'll give it a go and try to play. Seems like Mike, sure. Con- Mike Conley might try to might play as back. well and get in the series. They're both probably not 100%. Um, you know, with them playing, both playing potentially, how does that alter things for them? And, and how do the Clippers respond with, you know, potentially Conley coming back and dealing with, with that backcourt? Man, it's only it's only a, so, a short amount of time that you have playing this game. Um, to win a championship, you know, and you definitely don't want any distractions, discourages, or regrets, you know, um, nagging injuries, let it, whatever it be, um, to get in your way towards reaching that goal. And they're this close of actually getting there, so I'm pretty sure they're going to lose. They're going to lay some up and play um, and give it everything they got, um, and try to do everything they can to have that team um, be ready. You know, so um, you got to expect that for sure. Even though um, we got Kawhi Leonard out, um, he's questionable as well, too. You know, and like I said, is this only a certain amount of time that you have to to getting this close to winning a championship game? So they know that situation of where um, that window is small. And at this point now, I definitely would lose him up, tie him up, and be ready to play too as well. If if uh, if I had one leg or. <laughs> a pinky something like that ready to go <laughs> let's talk about moink meat the delicious meat that's the best meat you can get right now moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on shark tank host kevin o'leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted and i agree and jamie Simonoff, creator of the ring video doorbell invested in moink why do just four companies control 80 percent of the u.s meat industry because big food crushes the little guy. But you can help change that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from a grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. And that's why you need moinkbox.com join the moink movement today go to moinkbox.com slash believe that's b-l-a-v right now and listeners to the show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered that's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste but for a limited time spelled m-o-i-n-k box.com slash believe that's moinkbox.com slash believe for the jazz we know conley excuse me um, when he is healthy and himself, he's another guy who kind of helps that problem, right? Of Utah, we mentioned Mitchell's the one creator. Conley's that yeah. other guy who can get into the paint, set other guys up. Uh, as we said, we don't know how healthy he's going to be, but but defensively, how do the Clippers manage that? Uh, we know they're going to be switching. We know they're going to be active. But in just another ball-handling threat like Conley, how do you approach that from the Clippers' perspective? No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Really, it depends on how how healthy he is. You know, is he going to be able to attack the gaps like he normally does? Um, he shoots the ball very well um, at any range, but uh, for the most part, you just got to be able to to see what he's going to give um, the Utah Jazz and play him honest. You know, and just be ready for whatever he got. Uh, for the most part, I would I would still stick to the roots of what you can do as far as switching and having them shoot with a handover 
and we have big guards. I would put them in the post, and I would attack him early. As soon as he gets on the court, I think that's the best thing. And having him playing defense more than anything and seeing, you know, that timing, he's been missing for so long, if that's going to be irrelevant or not. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think for, for both Mitchell and Conley, who are, you know, we know Mitchell is obviously not 100%. You got to make them play defense on the other end. That's a hundred percent it. You got to go at them. You got to make them move their feet. Uh, you know, get tired on the defensive end. I think that's probably the best way to to ensure that you know you give yourself the best chance in trying to neutralize them as much as possible, making them really work on the other end of the floor. Yeah, that's it. That's the key. Yeah, and, and, and for this game coming up tonight, uh, we know for from a player's perspective. They're just focused on tonight, but from the fan perspective, which is said it's going to be a full building, uh, I think it's going to be crazy energetic. But we know it's yeah. still a you know a a haunted, somewhat nervous, anxious fan base because of just all the history. Uh, oh, at, as a player, how do you put that out of your mind? Just focus on the night and you know come away with a win in Game Six at home. We've seen the Clippers be on the other side of this, where you know last round they were the team down three two they went on the yeah. road and got a win, so they know it's possible to see it on the other yeah. end. So how do you keep that energy, that focus, and be ready for game six at home with all of that energy and support behind you? Man, I think you just really have to embrace it all um, and just accept the fact that you're in the now of what's happening right now and not think so much of what could happen or what, you know, um, portrayed in the past and stuff like that or, or any doubts or worries going on if Kawhi's going to play or not just really be in the moment right now and absorb and, and embrace that whole moment right now um, the fans are going to give you the support that you need you're playing at home um, you're not traveling or doing anything like that so you're comfortable in your own settings um, just really embrace it and just go out there and play with that that tenacity that they've always been playing with, that camaraderie they've been playing with, and leave it all on the floor. You know, this is the moment right now, more than anything, to get over that wall, that the Clipper bug that's always been, you know, um, stopping them at this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously there's a different type of pressure at home, but I think they should be able to take confidence from, you know, doing what they just did in game five you know in a hostile environment packed utah crowd known for being one of the the tougher crowds in the league and and showing that resiliency and fighting against like you said the 17 first half threes everything you know being thrown at you that haymaker and being able to handle it and then again like we've seen all year long we've talked about everyone who comes in being able to step up with you know luke Kennard has made a big impact in this series with his shooting we mentioned all the other guys as well but you know, up and down the roster, whoever gets their chance, you know, step into those shots with confidence. Because said the Clippers, with their ball movement, especially with Gobert out there, um, and and Paul George, of course, kind of setting the table, uh, they're gonna get open shots and open threes. And you know, we've seen that they have a great ability to knock them down if they can. Then that you know gives them a great shot tonight. Yeah, it gives them a great shot for sure. Uh, it's gonna be some crazy energy. You know what I mean? And. I think these guys need that energy as far as what the, what the fans can give and uh, that excitement, you know. It's going to be exciting as heck to watch these guys hoop right now, uh, especially at home, and have a chance to actually close this thing off. Yeah, and, and if, if you're Paul George, I mean, he just he just did it, obviously, and he's been doing it. But, you know, 
how from a, a mindset do you, you, you know you have to step up, but at the same time, you don't want to do too much. How do you find that balance of, of being that star player you know you are, but also not forcing the issue, making the right plays? How do you find that balance? Man, that's a great question. You know, uh, Paul George knows himself more than anything. Um, for for us as 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 real fans, we we see Paul George uh, take the nonchalant role, you know, in the first quarter and, and start off real slow. Um, he has to be aggressive and assertive um, in order to actually um, play the forty eight minutes that's needed, you know, for him to actually get this thing over with. It's not going to be an easy game for him to just ease into. I think he has to be a little bit more aggressive in the first, you know, uh, four minutes of the game and figure out where he wants to make his stamp right then and there. Yeah, and I think the start is really important. And we saw, really for the first, whatever it was, eight, nine games of the playoffs, the Clippers kind of have slow, poor starts, and that really turned really the past three games, games three, four, and five. Clippers have Mm -hmm. got off to really great starts. I think that's a huge key for them tonight. It doesn't have to be, obviously, them blowing the doors off the Jazz, but I think, you know, a strong, energetic start and... If you do come out hot, make some shots, kind of throw that first haymaker, you know, that's a great way to see what type of game it's going to be. You know, are the Jazz going to be able to respond if the Clippers, like they did last game, get out to a 10-2 run? You know, if those shots aren't falling early for the Jazz, we've seen in the other two home games for the Clippers, those were blowout games because the Clippers hit them first and the Jazz kind of struggled in those first halves. So can they do that again and really hit first and see how the Jazz respond? Yeah, exactly. Now that's it. They got to hit first. Um, they got all the nutrients to hit first. The team is going to be actually, you know, energetic to actually go out there and compete. Utah Jazz, I mean, for sure, you know, and that's going to be the biggest thing that, you know, they're not going to back down by no chance at all. You know, they know the history of the Clippers actually folding like this, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got they got that in the back of their minds. You know, um, they got to actually you know, come out and not play soft, man. Um, I really look at it and I want to ask you this, who do you think is going to actually perform, um, you know, at, at a high level that you think that's not going to be, um, how should I say this? It's not going to be, um, a, a spotlight in a way, you know, um, as far as like, you know, Zubox or, or Rondo, you know, I think some of these guys are going to have to really just come alive, um, and help out for sure yeah you know like like I said I think it's a lot of the guys we've talked about I think you know whenever Kawhi's out of the lineup Marcus Morris is very important um, you know he's historically shot really well when his brother Markeith is in the building we know he'll be in the building in LA so hopefully that brings that that good luck charm there but but no I look at you know some of the the younger guys I look at Terrence Mann the impact he had last game the impact he had in game seven against Dallas I think his energy is really infectious and helpful for the team. So I look at T-Man. And then, you know, I look at Luke Kennard, who, you know, he hasn't had the most minutes, but he's made a great chunk of his three-point shots. He's been a great floor spacer. He's been, you know, steady enough on defense. So I think his his shooting off the bench is key. And then again, with the, with the new nickname, Mr. June, Reggie Jackson, I think, you know, he's just, as we say, he's someone who's – so not afraid of the moment at all and just loves those big shots if it's a close game again in the fourth quarter if all the attention is is geared towards Paul George then you know Reggie Jackson can hit threes he can create for himself he can get in the paint 
uh, he really has all the tools. So, you know, I look at, at Reggie in a close game to, again, kind of provide some big shot making. Yeah, yeah, that's key right there for sure. I'm looking at Reggie all the way through, all the way through to get this thing going. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you know, we're not always in the in the prediction business, but any predictions for, for game six and, um, you know, if the, if the Clippers can close it out at home and, and get past the second round here for the first time? Man, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to just, I'm going to just, I'm not going to say nothing at all. Just, I'm not going to say nothing, man. I'm not going to jinx this to you, man. No, I, but I'm going to definitely say they, they, they're going to win. I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I don't know how or some way, but they're going to figure out a way to win. And hopefully uh, this thing can get over with. Yeah. You know, like you said, I don't think it's going to be easy. Utah's the number one seed for a reason. Um, but we've seen just how much this, this year's Clippers team handles adversity. So, you know, hopefully they, they can do it. As I said, I think it's going to be a good contest. But um, this is, you know, they have two shots at it, but they really know when you're at home in Game 6, this is really your Game 7. So, you know, they don't they don't want to see it go back, go back to Utah. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it there, too. I think, they, I think they'll have the right mindset is what I'll say as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy we're back in this moment right now from last year. <laughs> I know. It, it, it's, it's funny how how soon you know like less than a year ago that was but uh how much has changed in that time but as you said we're back here again yeah. so let's uh let's see what the clippers can do game six coming up 7 p.m <laughs> uh another chance for the clippers to uh to kind of erase some demons yeah let's go man and that's going to do it for this week's edition of the believe in clippers podcast we will of course have updates and reaction pods to if the clippers can win game six if it goes to game seven uh, and preview for what lies ahead so follow along with us here uh, you can find us on apple rate and review five stars is always appreciated we're also available on spotify google play TuneIn, iheart anywhere you get your podcasts we are there and of course at believe.com so comes down to this clippers up three two in the series trying to close it out game six on espn 7 p.m we'll all be watching hopefully a pack staples can be a big factor in the ball game as well but We'll be here to cover it no matter what happens on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.